Shalom Aleichem on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Kuf Yud Zayin, Babakama 117a, pagination is 233. We're making reference to the Mishnah which dealt on the facing page with cases of Masikin, tough people that would take over people's lands, take them away by bullying them, and there's a prohibition of somebody going ahead and notifying them, informing them of opportunities to do such things, and who has assets in town, etc. You're not allowed to do that. The Gemara over here relates a story regarding Rav and Rav Kana, who are brought on different occasions in Talmudic discussion, uh, from an anecdotal, historical perspective, a story of their lives. Hahu Gavra, midway on the page, at the end of a line. Davaboyach he wanted to show these tough people, Asivna de Chavre, the assets of his fellow. he came in front of Rav, Rav instructed him that he's not allowed to show these bullies the assets. He's going to bring damage and danger to the person. And the person responded, I am going to show them. I am going to show them. Yosef Ravkano, Rav, Ravkano was sitting there in front of Rav. Shante likue minei and he broke the person's neck. He killed the person. He jumped forward. Uh, it's not clear to me whether he intended to kill the person or he was restraining him and an accident happened and he ended up killing him. But the fact is that Rifkano ended up killing this person. Now, the question, of course, is why did he take such rash action if we understand that he did it purposely. So in the footnote to the Art Scroll Gemara, they cite a tshuva from the Rashba, in which the Rashba says that from the person's disregard to Rav's directive not to show, it was clear that he was very bent, to show. And if he's so determined to show, then indeed it was considered the status of a rodef, of a person who's bringing mortal danger upon somebody else. Because once these bullies were notified that a person had assets, they would keep coming back to that person for assets until eventually the situation would deteriorate, person would have nothing more to show, and they would keep attacking him that he should tell them. Eventually the person's life would be in danger, he would possibly be killed, and therefore the person who sets this whole thing in motion, uh, sets the underworld against a specific person, is considered a rodef, and Rav Kana therefore took action. In any case, Kari Ravi Lavei, Rav commented on the event, 
that indeed Ravkana was right, but his life was now in danger because he had killed a person. So that even though it could be argued, and they held that it was correct, it was self-defense, but now you're going to have to start explaining it to those authorities of their time. And he said, this is not going to be simple. And therefore, he recommended, at the end of a line, about three lines later, Kum Sakla Aradi Yisrael, go travel to the community in Israel, V'kibel Aleich, and one word of warning, he told him, Accept upon yourself the Lotikshil Rabbi Yochanan Sheva Shinin, that you should not ask any kashis to Rabbi Yochanan for seven years. A vow of silence, if you will, from Rabbi Yochanan. He's still going to talk in learning with people, but not with Rabbi Yochanan. Ozel, so he went. Ashkechel Reish Lakish, they found Reish Lakish, the famous colleague of Rabbi Echanan, to Yosef, that he was sitting, become a Sayyim Sifta, to Rabbanon, and he was explaining the shear that Rabbi Echanan had apparently given earlier in the day. He was explaining it to the rabbis. Amaluhu, and afterwards, Reish Lakish Heicha. Ravkano asked, Where's Reish Lakish? Where's the person who was chazering the shear? They said, why do you need to know? Amaluhu, he told them, I have certain questions on things that he said, I have a few answers on things that he said. It was reported to Reish Lakish that this newcomer has comments. So Reish Lakish went to Rabbi Yechanan to alert him that Ari Olami Bavel, a lion has arrived from Bavel. I don't know exactly who this is and what his story is, but he's a powerful person in learning. Make sure to prepare your shear well for the shear tomorrow because he's going to be there and he's going to be asking you and answering your questions. The next day, they guided Rav Kana to a point of prestige in the base medrash. They sat him in the front row. Rav Yechen started this year. And Rav Kana had no comment. Another thing he said, the room must have been charged, expecting an explosion. And Rav Kana is silent. So they demoted Rav Kana, so to speak, and they pushed him back. Apparently this was like a social structure, and they pushed him back to the back row. And Rav Yechanan commented to Rish Lakish, Arisha Amarta, the lion that you described to me, he's a fox, he's not as great as you think. We find this expression in the Mishnah in Avos, that a lion is the prestige, is the king of the beasts, and the analogy is how great. And the shul, the fox, is not. Omar, Sir Kana commented now, Yehei Rava, may it be Hashem's will, Dani Shevadori, that these seven rows that I was demoted, which is apparently um, an embarrassment, Lahavuchil of Shevashinin, Omali Rav, should be an exchange for the seven years that Rav told me that I have to remain silent. 
his recommendation. <coughs> and therefore, Koma Kare, he stood up, Amale, and he told Rabbi Yechanan, Nehada Mar Bereisha, may the master review from the beginning. Amar Shmaitza, so Rabbi Yechanan said, Va'akshi, and now he asked his questions. Ukma Bedarakama, so they restored him to the front row. Amar Shmaitza Va'akshi, he said something, and again, he he asked on him. Rabbi Yechanan had been sitting on special pillows, couch pillows, as uh, presumably a demonstration of honor that they had for their Rebbe. So he voluntarily removed these couch pillows as a display of respect for Rav Kana and his expertise in Torah, until Rabbi Yechanan was sitting on the floor instead of on these cushions. Rabbi Yechanan Gavrasavahava Rabbi Yechanan was an older person, and the description is that his eyebrows were long and hung over his eyes. So he said to his students, remove uh, move the eyebrows so that I should be able to see this great person. So uh, it, perhaps this wasn't the first time that this happened, because they had a special like a tweezers made out of um, silver, um, a makeup applicator made out of silver, and they were able to lift his eyebrows, and he saw Rav Kana, departe but he had some sort of, like an injury by his lips, savar and he thought that Rav Kana was smiling, like taunting, I bested you. Rabbi Yechanan felt badly, Venoch Nafshe and Rav Kana died. Rabbi Yechanan was indeed thinking that Rav Kana was taunting him, but the next day when they discussed it, his students told him, Darke Hochi, that's just the way he looked. He wasn't laughing at you. And so... <coughs> Rabbi Yechanan went to the cave. He saw that there was a snake surrounding it, protecting it, the cave where Rav Kano had been buried. <coughs> and he said, Achna, Achna, snake, Pesach Pumech, open up, so that the Rebbe should be able to go to the student, and the snake didn't budge. He repeated this comment, Chover, Eitzel Chover, the colleague should be able to, and this uh, serpent didn't open. Yikanis Talmud Eitzel Rav, the student referring to himself, should be able to go to the Rav, Rav Kano, and then it opened, and Rabbi Yechanan entered, and he did on Rav Kano, he restored him to life. What we have over here is an astounding Gemara, besides being astounding, Rafkano is an awesome personality. In the story, he bested somebody physically, and he was known to be able to best somebody intellectually. And Rav warned him, you're going to Rabbi Yechanan's place, don't argue with him, don't comment on his shiurim for seven years, until presumably you integrate into the environment and it won't be taken harshly. 
This is Rabbi Yechanan, who when Reish Lakish died, Rabbi Yechanan was upset that they couldn't find him a Chavrusa who would argue with him. Nevertheless, when Rabbi Yechanan felt Chalash Daite, that he had been disheartened, he was violated, someone was laughing at him, Rav Kano ends up dying because of that and requires Tchiyas HaMesim. This is one of the tefillas that we have in mind when we recite the prayer before learning, that there shouldn't be a contentious relationship on a personal level between Tamidei Chachamim. We argue, we search for the truth, we advocate for the position we think is correct, but ultimately there wouldn't be any taunting. And when Rabbi Yechanan perceived that there was, it had dire ramifications because that's not acceptable in the Torah discussion. Yeshe thank you for joining.